Imagine you bought an old house with the intention of demolishing it and rebuilding a new one, only to discover, when it's too late, that you can't build anything on the land. What a nightmare. This actually happened to one couple and we're going to discover where they went wrong. Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You of course know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. Today, we're talking about a demolition disaster. It's been a few months since we deconstructed a news story about buyers who have made a grave mistake, but we're back with a doozy. And what makes this so terrible is that it was such an avoidable mistake and yet so easy to make. Now, before we get into it, um, there's a special house behind you, Megan, in the video. And I know what it is because I've seen it now. <laughs> So Veronica hosted Veronica in uh, Brisbane recently and took her through my renovation project and here it is. So where we're up to in the renovation is, I need to nickname this house, don't I? I'll I'll come up with that another time. (laughs) Megan's Reno. (laughs) Boring. (laughs) My my only major setbacks so far, uh, actually I'll say two, two major setbacks so far because as we know there are issues with supply chain and labour in the construction industry. And I've, I've given you some tips about how I avoided that uh, in previous episodes. But um, the plasterers actually cancelled the day that they were meant to turn up. They couldn't get labour, they couldn't get the machinery, and they couldn't get the plasterboard delivered. So my builder, being a very, very well-connected man, has managed to turn that around in a week and a half, and the plastering starts next week. So there we go. And the other one was that the wrong floorboards were delivered, and uh, that was actually a manufacturing error issue so uh i've had a slight change in the floorboards now not chevron but strip flooring which will look lovely as well so there we go i'm moving forward still on track for about a late july moving exciting and talking about late july i mean i think we're going to be launching this episode very close to mother's day so very close to mother's day you know we're old enough to be your mum so we're wishing (laughs) ourselves to you as a happy mother's day (laughs) one to you same to you all right, let's let's kick on into this story because it is a good one, and we will inc- include the link in the show notes so you can you can watch and read it if you want to. 
Now, this is not one of our clients. Let's just be really clear that this is not one of our buyer's agency clients. But what we like to do is find stories in the media and help you unpack them and find out what those people could have done wrong so that you learn the lessons and know how to avoid those kind of errors. Yes. And this one is like, it's tragic. And in fact, the poor husband spent the whole episode's current affair um, in tears. And I can understand why. It'd be absolutely devastating. So we are sympathetic to these people. Oh, absolutely. Um, and it's a very, very sad situation, but it's something that we can all learn from. So earlier this year, a current affair ran a story about a very sad situation faced by a Sydney couple who thought they were about to build their dream family home. And the story unfolds like this, right? Uh, as I said, we've included the link in the show notes so you can check it out yourself. But the couple bought the house in 2021 during lockdowns. Now, this is significant because prices were rising rapidly at the time, and I'm pretty certain they would have been experiencing some pretty acute FOMO. Yeah. It when was they a tough time. Remember it was back? a tough time. Can you believe all that happened? I know. It just seems like ancient history, but yes. Yes, it wasn't that long ago, was it? Um when they bought this house, they bought the they bought a house on a block of land in a suburban street, right? And they thought, well, it's a pretty old house, 60-year-old house. We're going to knock it down and we're going to build our dream home, a project home. And they looked up and down the street and they appear to have made the assumption that because some other homes had been knocked down and rebuilt, that they'd be able to do the same thing. Uh, and it's a reasonable assumption in the sense that it's understandable, but it's actually not reasonable. Um as it will turn out. Yeah, you and, and out. sometimes, you know, and, and I think this is the, you know, what we're going to find out through this story is you just can't look at what's happening around you to determine what you think might be able to happen because you don't know what's going on underneath the layers of council plans and and overlays and ages of houses and anyway, let's kick on. Yeah, and things change. You know, what, what was allowed even five years ago, ten years ago might not be allowed today. So, and this is something that, that people need to understand. So we'll give you a summary of points that we think are learning points um, at the end of the year. And the story's not that long, really, but um, for them, unfortunately, it is. Now, so they bought this property, assuming that they'd be able to knock it down, knock, the, knock down the house and build another house. Um, and so then they started looking at project builders um, and choosing, I guess, their layout that they wanted and choose their, their builder. And they, before they lodged a development application, Okay, they demolished the existing house. Now, there's a whole bunch of things wrong with that decision, um, and but and we'll get to that in a moment. But so then, so they got a vacant block of land, right? Their argument at that time, apparently, was that they believed it was riddled, to use their words, riddled with asbestos. Now, that's not really an excuse to suddenly demolish a house anyway. Uh, so, and also, it looked to me, you know, I didn't go in it, of course, but Potentially, it could have been made livable, you know, potentially. So anyway, it looked like a quite a, quite a significant, it was a brick home. It wasn't like a weatherboard that was falling down or anything like that, right? And then after they demolished it, they discovered that council wouldn't let them build on the block at all because it's in a flood, flood zone it's got a, and it's got a big stormwater easement, I think, running diagonally under the block. There's a few, few uh, red flags going straight up there. And things, well, yeah, we'll get to this, but anyway... They're also, and so they're on this show and it's a terribly, terribly distressing and sad story. They're begging the council to let them go ahead with their plans. And the council comes across seem, seeming quite callous and, and, you know, uncaring, but it's actually not the council's fault. 
And and we see that sometimes on these types of shows, don't we? Like people, and, and it is very much human nature to want somebody to be accountable when something goes wrong and to, and somewhere to place that feeling of being wronged. It's tragic, actually, really tragic for this family. Um, terrible situation. But Veronica, I, I think the thing that you and I have discussed actually quite a bit is that this was actually all avoidable. And and I think that's actually the sad part of this. It's not necessarily that, well, they've sort of arrived with their blinkers on really at this point, as opposed to arriving with someone telling they, them they could do something and now suddenly they can't. And there's a really big difference between, you know, thinking that you can do something and then finding out you can't after the fact, thinking that you can do something, finding out you can't, and then having to pivot and do something really different. But, you know, let, let's have a look at this. I, I think that you know, the first thing is there are a lot of things that happened during COVID and during the you know excitement and the fear that resulted in the property market after COVID that had led people, a lot of people, to make you know, make some, some decisions that probably weren't based on fact and didn't have a lot of due diligence and a lot of depth in the thought process around, process around them. You know, some people sort of cut corners as they went towards a, you know, that oh my goodness, if we don't do something, then we're going to miss out terribly. Um, and some of the, you know, we bang on constantly about due diligence and how important it is and how, it is, how important it is to have your eyes wide open. You can think something looks wonderful and inviting and exciting, um, but if you're not opening up every, you know, corner and every city plan and, and, and talking to the right people, then you, you're not making decisions that are based on information that will give you a good outcome. It's the assumptions that's scary because the thing is that, you know, and they said it, I watched the, the current affairs story as well as reading the article, and they, they're saying things like, but it's our block of land, we should be able to build a house on our block of land. And it's like, well, no, not necessarily. Because if the council have already deemed that that block is not to be built on again, then no, why should you just because you bought it without realising? I mean, it's heartbreaking, but that's the, them's the facts, right? And, you know, that that old adage, I'm going to start getting, I'm starting to get sound older and older with all my sayings, but, you know. <laughs> well, we are, you know, that's why the march of time just goes on. We can't stop it. <laughs> Act in haste and repent at leisure. Well, that's what's happening here, you know, because FOMO does lead people to cut corners. And, and as it, when I was a selling agent, we used to often comment about the ways that buyers would just not worry about things in a hot market when prices are rising, that they would absolutely be deal breakers in a slower market. Mm, and that's or even sort of, in a balanced market. You yes. Know, people that, but even you know, in, in many markets at the moment where things aren't you know, running as quickly and there aren't as many buyers and there isn't as much of a fear of what's going to happen, people are standing back and going, well, actually, no, that's got a, you know, a couple of little red flags there. No, I think I'll keep looking. Whereas as you say, when when things are moving at such a rapid pace, people are very prepared to say, I'll just go with it. Yeah. I'll work it out. Yeah. It'll I'll be take okay. the risk. I'll take the risk. I'll take the risk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't always pan out. No, because they're not always really fully aware of what that risk actually is. And so this is the, the situation here, a really terrible risk that they didn't even realise. You know, you mentioned earlier that that looking at neighbourhood, the neighbourhood for precedence isn't fail safe. And I have to say, I learned this myself. I've got an example about that from my own buyer's agent's experience. And that is, uh, you know, we would always get an architect or a town planner or somebody to advise on property if we wanted to 
you know, if our client wants to do something specific with it, right? And so there was a property I was looking at, it was actually in Balmain some years ago, and I was looking at it with some clients and they wanted to put parking and there was definitely space to put parking. And I looked up and down the street and I could see that nearly every single property had parking. And I thought, well, look can I just say, Veronica, in Balmain, to have parking is a premium. It is not a given, you know, it's not like every house has parking. It is actually highly valued. And if you can add that to a property in Balmain, wow, can you increase the property's value. Massive value add. And and so anyone's going to, little eyes are going to light up going, yes, I want to do that. And so, but even though, even though I looked at the neighboring properties and I was encouraged by that and with my experience, you know, so it always needs to be checked and we have checks and balances in our business. So I may look at that and think, think that perhaps that's an opportunity it's not until you actually make those inquiries with the right people that you discover it's not an opportunity. And what I discovered is that that council has an attitude that if you're taking one spot off the street, so you're taking a parking space away from the, the general public when you put a driveway in. Oh, for the driveway crossover. Yeah. And so because you're taking a parking space away from other people, you can't put it on your own property. Now, I didn't know that policy you know, because I'm not an expert in town planning, nor am I an architect, so therefore I wouldn't know that. But I do know but to you check. Knew who to ask, and I think that's the point, right? That's we can really ram this home. You don't have to know everything, but you do have to know who to ask. Yes, and that's what we want you to learn through this this episode. Hundred percent. And if you watch the current affair episode, they're saying, "But look at that house next door. It's sort of pretty new, and they were allowed to build. Why were they allowed to build? And we're not allowed to build as if it's unfair." And it's like, well. Different rules could have been different time. It could have been Absolutely. that council changed policy. Um, the other thing too is it's very easy to check before with council before you buy something. It's a really easy thing to do. There's a duty planner with every single council. You can get online and check stuff online. There's lots of information you can get online. We teach you that in your first home buyer guide. The, the course, we teach you how to find this stuff out. The free stuff that's online and, and then the, the people that you can talk to and then what you can buy as well, because there are different layers to information that you can get. But if a red flag does come up, then you can investigate it further. There's there's a couple of things that um, you mentioned earlier, Veronica. One was that it was in a flood, flood zone and the other one, there was a stormwater traversing the block. And, and these things are freely, this information is freely available online if you do your due diligence and you know what to do. And of course, we, we have checklists and so forth and guidance for people to do that. But um I'll give you an example of a, a property. Some friends of mine bought a property years ago um, in a suburb in, in Brisbane, and it was quite close to a creek, but felt a bit elevated. But it was an older kind of brick uh, place. So no character overlays, so no problem with knocking it down. And their assumption was that they could knock that house down and build something new, and they wanted to build ultra-modern and, and so forth. But when they went through the process with council, even though it didn't have any of the character overlays which prevented it from being demolished, therefore it could be, because it was in a flood area, if they completely removed that and removed the concrete slab, now here's the kicker, it was actually the concrete slab. So they could knock the whole house down, but they had to keep the slab in order to build on the block. Otherwise, they were not allowed to build completely new with a new slab on the block. So in essence, what they had to keep, weird, right? But you want to know that before you go in because now they're stuck with a footprint. They're stuck with the footprint of that initial house to work with and they did a, a fabulous job. But had they known that right from the start, they might made it, might have made a really different decision. They made some assumptions years ago when they, they bought this house um, that actually didn't come to fruition 
they were able to work around it. They tilted, they, you know, adjusted, they um, made something really quite wonderful there. But it can, had they actually done what these people did and knocked the house down before getting their approvals, they would not have been allowed to build on that block again, despite the fact that there was an existing property on the house, on the on the block. And so there's another good example of perhaps these people, had they not demolished, might have, might have had different options. But instead they've gone hell-bent, no, no, we can do what we want on our block, you know. <laughs> um, we'll get to the demolition a little bit further on because there's a few other things to talk about before they even bought it and you talked about that existing information at council and online, flood maps do exist and are discoverable. Um, in uh, New South Wales as well, there's a contract to sale and in that contract to sale are certain prescribed documents and one of them is a zoning document which does um, note the flood if it's in a flood zone. Whereas in Queensland, you won't get that information from a solicitor until after it's unconditional. You've got to do it yourself before and it's free. It's free. It's available. It's not hidden. Do not understand why anybody buys in Queensland without a buyer's agent. But anyway... Um, you know, so these things, you know, they're discoverable, but you've got to know what you're looking for. And and also the zoning document, uh, I actually interviewed a town planner for the Elephant in the Room podcast only yesterday, and we were discussing this particular story, and he actually did say that the zoning document isn't always up to date. So that was alarming. So it pays to check. And one thing we so do in our plan has changed and some zoning um, guidelines it. have changed, then it might not. Wow, that's, I was pretty scared about that. We, as part of our due diligence in our in our business, we would check this, check that, and we would also call the council as well. So, so we just want to make sure we're finding, you know, if, if stuff is discoverable, you got to find it out, right? So that's the first thing. So it, there was no excuse for them not knowing something about that. The other thing in the contract of sale would have been details about that council easement that ran diagonally across the property. That definitely would have been on the title search. You know, there are notes only of in certain only in certain, certain states. states. <laughs> you wouldn't know you, they wouldn't tell you that in Queensland, but they the, would if there was a manhole access. So it depends what the easement actually is. So um, if if that sewer runs across the block and there's no access required, so it doesn't have a manhole, it won't appear as an easement. It's it's an unregistered easement, if you like. You have to do a free again. Used to be called Dial Before You Dig, but I think it's—they've changed the name of it anyway. If you if you type in Dial Before You Dig, you still get to the same website, and it shows where all the sewerage and the stormwater and um, NBN and gas and all of those networks are, and you'll find that information. But it is not a registered easement unless there is an easement access on the block. So, in and we're talking about what's discoverable. So this is you know what Megan's talking about. There is are things that are discoverable but unknown unless you know what to look for. What I'm talking about is a bit bit of that but also is actually even worse in New South Wales for these buyers is that it was in the contract they signed. Like this information was in their hand, literally in their hand. But they didn't understand the impact. They didn't understand it. And so then that begs the question, who do they get to do their conveyancing? Now, there's no mention in the, in the story or the article about their conveyancer or their lawyer um, and so we don't know at what point they got a conveyancer or a lawyer involved, but I would say if they did get them involved before they bought, then hopefully they were advised of this stuff, but then they may have been somebody that goes about buying, particularly this happens in a panic situation in FOMO in a hot market. I see it all the time. People buy without getting the contract reviewed. 
you know, and so then they stuck with it. Might have been reviewed, Veronica, and they didn't understand the impact of it or perhaps didn't mention to the, the, the conveyancer that they were planning to demolish and rebuild. Perhaps. And maybe the, the solicitor hasn't thought to ask them, which is not really the solicitor's job to ask them what do you intend to do with this property. Um, but as a buyer, it's a really good idea when you're talking to your conveyancer or solicitor to actually say, look, we're thinking about knocking this house down. Do you see anything that might prevent us all that we should be aware of? You know, it's about asking the right questions of the right people. So, you know, it's one thing to say, well, did the solicitor know? It's another thing to say, well, were they asked? Um, you know, there's lots of there's lots of gaps here, isn't there? Huge, but that goes back to making assumptions. If you assume you can do whatever you want on your block of land, why would you even mention it? You know, <laughs> whereas thinking, okay, I I don't know what I don't know. I'm going to ask every single bloody question I can think of. Like, you know, <laughs> just like... <laughs> And keep telling people, this is what I intend to do. You know, that's the thing because if, you know, what someone will give you in terms of advice or interpretation is really different. If you're going to just live in it as it is, it doesn't matter where the sewer runs if you're happy with how that house is constructed and, and, and how everything, you're not going to put a pool in, you're not going to change the layout, you're not going to extend. Um, it, it might not matter to you, but if you ask the wrong questions or you don't provide the right information to the people that you're asking questions of, then you won't get the answers that you need that you don't even know that you know need to know. And also that this could have really impacted the price. You know, if they had actually discovered this beforehand and then that was made known, you know, that could that could be become material fact and, and basically, you know, that could have impacted the price. So there's there's so many things that they could have known before they bought. And that would have saved them all this heartache. They could have known all of this before they bought. None of this was new information, really. It all discoverable and actually saw it in plain day, in plain sight. So then they buy it and then they settle on it and then they go ahead and they demolish it without approval. Oh, my God. Now, that could have had all sorts of ramifications. You know, if it had had an overlay that prevented demolition, then there are, there are significant fines that can be applied if you demolish something that you do not have approval to demolish to start with. And if it, it, it's protected in some way, whether that's a heritage or a character or it's, it's different in every local government area um, in terms of their city plan, but if you demolish something, the, the fines can be significant. Absolutely. And it's like, you know, I, I just beg as belief because it's not just... Uh, you know, that they thought they could demolish a, a property without, you know, approval. Like, it's not just that. It's just that they had a contractor. So who was the contractor that did the demolition? I mean, because surely they must have known that they needed council approval to demolish. You need some sort of, yeah, I would imagine, and I'm not a demolition expert by any stretch of the imagination, but in the instances where I've worked with clients who have chosen to demolish properties, there's a fairly rigorous process they go through to ensure that they actually can do that demolition work. I and and I would imagine that if if there was a contractor involved, there would have been some questions around that. Or if it's not a contract, I don't know. Maybe do you know I have seen people have demolition parties and that can be an awful lot of fun. But <laughs> oh, maybe they're all their mates got it. It's a brick house though. I tell you, I mean, it was a. It's not like a, 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 a like a flimsy construction. This is pretty full on. But I've heard of demolition parties too, actually. But so at the end of the day, somebody's risked their license potentially by doing it, or or, or maybe they weren't licensed. Who knows? We don't know anything about the the contractor who did the demolition. 
But that was another opportunity, I guess, for a red flag to say, hang on a minute, hang on a minute, we're going too fast here and we don't quite know what we're doing. They sort of justified it by saying it was riddled with asbestos, but there's no mention of, of how they knew that. You know, there's no mention of a building inspection that could have confirmed whether or not this was the case. But asbestos in and of itself doesn't justify a demolition in the council's eyes. Um, just, be, you know, I just want everyone to be really clear about no. that. And, and not only that, but they need to have specific um, contractors who are... Um, Very carefully remove it. Mm. Remove asbestos. So that adds another layer of complexity as well. Uh, and they ooh. haven't mentioned anything about... I, I don't recall anything about a building inspection being carried out, um, which if you're going to dem demolish, often you don't do. Yeah, exactly. But that could have confirmed whether or not there was any asbestos in the place. And so potentially they could have a home that's inhabitable that they could potentially renovate that house and I think have they a just home. lost their options there. They killed it. They just, yeah. they just, I mean, it's quite astounding really that someone could get themselves in so much hot water completely innocently of, you know, just not understanding. But you can see how easily it's happened but how easily it could have been avoided. avoided. Yeah, any one of those steps in the process um, could have could have led to someone saying, "Look, have you got all your ducks lined up? If you're going through, if you if you're submitting documents or going through an approval process or talking to a home builder, was there not a discussion around the the site, or was it just assumed that it was a vacant site? Was it just assumed that?" in going through the process of putting documents together for an approval for a new build, that the approval had been given for a, a demolition. Yeah, because certainly a new builder couldn't go onto a site unless that site had been cleared to a certain level. Um, and if there was asbestos, they could certainly go to test for that on the site to make sure the asbestos has been removed correctly because that can halt building in its tracks for a long period of time until you have a cleanup done correctly. So let's sort of bring this to a head, I guess. We have to remember that wherever you're buying, the rule of cave it, empty, or buy beware applies, right? There's We've talked about different levels of disclosure, different states. It's worse in some states like Queensland and slightly better in New South Wales. But So there, there were really obvious things that they could have discovered quite easily uh, that would have stopped this happening. Um, another is to get a lawyer who's a property specialist who will, is more likely to ask you the questions because they know more than you know. You know what I mean? As opposed to just a local solicitor or or a cheap cut price conveyancer who won't necessarily ask you these questions, but someone who's a property specialist is more likely to ask you, well, what are you planning to do with it? They won't always though. No, it, and, it really and that's is the opportunity then for, for you to get on the front foot and say, look, we're thinking about doing this. Is there anything that you can see about this property? raises any issues that that would mean that we couldn't do it or is there anything that might impede this idea that we have around it we may or may not do it but it's also it's really important to ask those questions up front um, because you need to prompt the people who are advising you there are a thousand things that you can do when you buy a property hundreds hundreds of thousands of things that you can do you know nothing is without a limit of, of what you can do to a house, except what the legislation says you can and can't do. So if you've got an idea, you've got to raise this idea with the right people to be told, you know what, you can't do that. But if you did it this way, you could. Um, and then you 
probably are, are less likely to get in that situation where you're looking back and thinking, why didn't someone tell me that I couldn't do this at any point in time? Yeah. Never assume. You know, there's a lot of assumptions. I'm I'm assuming a lot of assumptions have been made in this in this uh, situation. I've assumed that they can do what you know they can build what they want on their block of land because it's my block of land, um, and that's obviously led to some really really terrible outcomes. Can I say, Veronica, one of the things that you need to be really really wary of is in the marketing material for a property. Uh, agents often talk about the potential of something. You know maybe you know you might be able to demolish and build your dream home and then it will often have the letters stca subject to council approval now what they're saying there is this is an idea but we're not saying you can do it you got to work out whether you can do it or not we're just simply planting the seed and and the way that they're disclaiming any liability for any representations is to say go and work it out for yourself and you know what you have to go and work it out for yourself because you can say an, an agent um, is simply there to market and sell the property, to sell the dream of what that might be to you. It's your job to find out whether you can fulfill that dream or not on the block of land. Absolutely. And on that, getting independent advice if you want to develop, even just to buy anything really, you need independent advice. And certainly, you know, we interviewed Kerri Ann Hooper, who's um who's a consultant in this space, for instance, back in episode 119. She had some great advice. I know, it was fabulous, wasn't it? Or town planner. So somebody who is involved in dealing with councils, understanding what is required. Um, and when I say independent, don't take the advice of people trying to sell you something. The real estate agent trying to sell you the house. Yeah. The builder. They're working for the seller. They are. And the builder trying to sell you a package. Demolition contractor trying to sell you a demolition job. You know, I mean, these people um, aren't advisors per se. They're sales. They're selling their services to you. Uh, whereas somebody who's consulting, you know, town planner is also selling the service. But that's what the service is. Yeah, it's managing your risk to a degree. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And and it might feel like a handbrake when you talk to somebody and they go, "Oh no, you can't do that." That that's probably a handbrake Bullet you want to dodged. listen to. Yeah. A total bullet dodge. And we look, our hearts go out to this couple. It's absolutely devastating. Uh, I just wish they'd come across this podcast, although it didn't exist in 2021, did it? Oh, yes, it did. When did we start this? Oh, 2020. 2020 could, and COVID. We started the, oh, yeah. They could have come across us and they didn't. So you people listening to this are very fortunate is all I can say. Let's hope that we stop another one of these. Now, it, it doesn't mean that there won't be challenges if you go through this process of renovation, as you heard from me at the start. There are some things you can control and manage, and there are some things that are going to be outside your control and management. But if you go in with eyes wide open and with contingencies in place and with an ability to say, all right, well, if that's not going to work, I can do this, and you're still comfortable with the purchase, then that's a good place to be because nothing's going to be perfect. We talk about the perfectly imperfect but or imperfectly perfect, but um, it, it's about eyes wide open. And going, okay, well, if I can't do that, can I do this? And if I can't do that, then it doesn't work for me, then walk away. And unfortunately on this one, they bought it with their eyes bolted shut. 
In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.